Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Words to Live By series, which is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, this morning we're in Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter 6 today, and uh, let's see if I can get this thing working here. Matthew chapter 6, I don't know about you, but how many of you uh, were raised playing sports? You were raised playing sports. I was raised playing sports, and I wasn't very good at sports. Uh, I'm tall, but I was not excellent at basketball. I feel like that's the, that's the question every tall person gets, you know? Hey, did you play pro? Have you looked at me? I'm only six foot three. I'm not that big. Uh, you know what? You, you know, a tall person, you meet a tall person, you wonder, they play basketball, but every person who played any sport, uh, whether it was basketball or football or baseball, uh, you were usually taught one thing. I'm going to give you an example from baseball. I played, I started in basketball, man, when I was in third grade, I think, or fourth grade, and then played for Coach Wyant, and uh, we didn't have the best relationship, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but then baseball, I started third grade, and the team name, I've told you, I think I've said this before, but the team name, this is going to blow your mind. Here's our team name in third grade, Best Way Concrete. <laughs> that was our team name. We had it all over everything. That's because our sponsor was Best Way Concrete. They couldn't come up with like, you know, the Eagles or the, I don't know, the... Something other than the best way concrete. How does the cheer go for that one? You know, we'll slab you. We'll slab you. We'll, I don't know what the cheer was for that. But best way concrete was third grade baseball. And I remember I was loving playing baseball and, and learning that. But my dad, he really invested in me with sports. And there was one thing when I was in third grade that my dad taught me about baseball that would carry over to every sport that I played. It was one phrase. The phrase was, keep your eye on the ball. In baseball, when you were up to bat, keep your eye on the ball. In basketball, know where the basketball is. In football, know where the ball is. What was being taught, if you heard that statement in any sport or I heard that statement, what was being taught to us was the simple thought of focus in. Hey, keep your focus. Man, if you're playing baseball, focus on where the ball is. If you're playing whatever sport it is, just focus in. We're continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably the longest portion of scripture where Jesus preached a message. The message that he preached was to specifically his followers, those who were already uh, disciples of Christ, not just the 12 apostles. That's where our mind normally goes when we think about a follower in those early days. But at this point in Jesus' ministry, when we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus would already be probably about a year and a half, maybe even two years into his ministry. And so there would literally be hundreds and even thousands of people that were already following Jesus Christ. And so when we come to Matthew 5, we need to know that as Jesus sits on this hillside and begins to speak to people, that he begins to speak to probably hundreds of people who are already following him. But what we read by the end of the message is that there were probably many other people there, probably maybe even a 1,000, 2,000 people that would be gathered there just to listen to the words of Christ. <clears throat> what we've seen so far is a number of thoughts. I'll just bring a couple things out so far. 
The first thing we understand, of course, at the end of the passage, Matthew 7, the last few verses, Jesus said these words. He said, if you will build your life upon what I'm giving you, if, build your, if you will build your life upon my words, I'm going to compare you to a wise man. And that wise man has built his house upon a solid rock. And when the winds come and the storms beat against the house, that house will stand. Jesus is simply making the point, when you and I choose to build our life upon the word of God, when we choose to uh, take what he says and apply it into our life, when we do that, God says, you are going to have a solid life. That means that when controversy comes, when struggles come, when challenges come, you're going to have a solid foundation. You're going to find security and stability, not because of you and me, but because of who Jesus is. But the opposite is also true, that if you and I fail to build upon the words of God, Jesus said, I will liken you or compare you unto a foolish man who has built his house upon the sand. And when the winds come and the controversies of life come, uh, that house is going to fall and great will be the fall of it. And of course, Jesus helping us understand there is so many voices screaming for our attention, but we need to dial in and tune in to the voice of Jesus and to his word alone, because it is then and only then that we will find the peace, the security, and the stability that God desires for us to have in this life. With the message, of course, Jesus gave them a number of principles through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Most recently, the, the clearest one that we've learned lately is that God is interested in your heart, not in your religion. You see, at that time, there was the Pharisees, and they were uh, the religious leaders of that day. And they got up, and they would say, listen, the, the more you obey God, the closer you are to God. And the more you obey God, the more acceptance you find with God. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and he says, hey, don't let religion, don't re let religion tell you that it can draw you closer to me. The only way that you and I can be drawn closer to the Lord is by having a relationship with him, by having the, uh, the day in and day out relationship with him that starts at our salvation when we trust Christ as Savior and then continues over to every day seeking him with my heart. And that's what Jesus is speaking about during the first part of this, of this passage. But then as we come into where we've been lately, we need to understand Jesus last week, we saw this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, down through verse number 18, Jesus spoke to them about why a person would follow him. Remember, he said, hey, when you, uh, when you follow me, don't do it to be a show-off, right? Because the hypocrites, he called them, they gave to be praised of men. When they prayed, they wanted everybody to hear them. When they fasted, they wanted people to wonder, why, why are you fasting? Man, you're so spiritual. And Jesus said, hey, when you do these things, don't do them for the outward appearance. No, worship me and follow me because you love me. And so again, there's a number of principles that we're going through in this passage. But today I want us to look at Jesus as we come to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19 down through verse number 34, we're going to see Jesus helping his followers, the listeners, and us as well to understand this principle. Keep your eye on the ball. Hey, keep your eye on the ball. Be focused in, in your Christian life. Take your Bible, if you would, and stand with me. Matthew chapter number uh, 6, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 19. Here's what we read. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. 
where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the end, or sufficient unto the day, is the evil thereof. I love this portion of scripture, and I specifically love it because of verse number 33. Matthew 6, 33, a place that many people have memorized where Jesus simply said these words, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Man, what a great verse. And I think that verse is a key in these verses that we read today. But I also wanna go back and I want you to look with me at verse 22 and 23. I wanna read those just one last time, verse 22 and 23, where Jesus writes this. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? It can be kind of a confusing portion of scripture today, but I just want to zone in to one simple thought of Jesus helping us. In the Christian life, in the Christian life, we need to keep our focus. And stay focused. Focused on eternal things, not temporal things. We're going to be challenged with that thought this morning. And so let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take a minute? And just in the quietness of your own heart, in the quietness of your own heart, would you ask God to speak to you? And you can pray something simple of God, please speak to me today.
God, please speak to me. And then make a commitment. Make a commitment. God, if you speak to me, I'll listen to you today. Dear Lord, we want to come before you. We want to thank you for the word. Thank you for its truth and how you use it to speak into us. And Lord, I just humble my mind and my heart before you today. Lord, recognizing that I have nothing to offer except for that which you give through me. And so Lord, I pray that as we go through the time in the word, I pray that you would capture our attention. I pray, Lord, that we would be drawn by your spirit to your truth. And Lord, that you would uh, challenge us and encourage us today. God, I pray that if there's someone that's here with us in person or watching online that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today would be the day they put their faith and their trust completely in you. Lord, we love you. We'll praise you and glorify you for everything that you do. And we give these moments to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. You ever noticed how easily it is to lose focus? And every one of us, I think when you were raised playing sports and, and your dad or your mom said, keep your eye on the ball or stay focused, they knew that it's, it's especially easy for kids to lose focus. I feel like with kids, that kids can, uh, you can have their attention and they're looking at you and you're talking to them and about 20 seconds in, they're going. And then, and then they come up with the randomest questions. You know, you could be talking to them about something really important and they're like, what's for lunch? It's kind of like us sitting in church. (laughs) You know, we can be sitting here and someone's saying something important and we're thinking, where are we going for lunch today? Now some of you are going to be thinking about that. I recommend pho. It's a really good soup that's warm today, so it's my recommendation. But you know what? Every one of us, we we can very easily lose focus and Jesus, he knew that. He knew that in your life and my life, we can lose focus, not only emotionally and and physically and maybe in our attention, but we can lose focus spiritually. Man, spiritually, it is so easy in this day and age to get our mind off of focusing upon the things of the Lord. And it's, it's funny to me how we can often focus upon some of the silliest things. And Jesus knew that. And so he put in the Sermon on the Mount this incredible portion of Scripture. But I want to kind of tie it all together by looking at Matthew 6, 22 and 23, where we read the words that the light of the body is the eye. Jesus basically entering into this thought that what goes into your mind comes through the eye. What happens, what you're thinking happens, it comes in through the eye. But then he says this, If therefore thine eye be single, all right, the word single here, it means to be good, to fulfill its office, or to be clear. You and I, we would probably use the word to be focused. Now, some of you today, you're wearing glasses or you're wearing contacts. And the reason is because at some point in your life, uh, you maybe lost focus. There was something in your, in your vision that caused you to lose focus. My, uh, one of my sisters has to uh, wear glasses every now and then, and the reason is because she lost focus. My parents both uh, wear glasses. My dad should wear glasses. 
but he doesn't. Uh, but you know what? It's because at some point, uh, even though maybe when you were younger, you had 20-20 vision, you could see, but, but as you got older, you, your eyes weren't good. They weren't fulfilling their office. They weren't seeing clearly. They weren't single. That's what the phrase means. So if your, if your eye is single, notice what he says in the verse, if thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. You know what that means? It just means you're seeing clearly. If your eye is focused, you can see clearly. But then he says, but if thine eye be evil. The word evil here, it means to be bad, diseased, blind, or blurred. If your eye is evil, your whole body is filled with darkness. Well, what's Jesus saying? He's saying here that if your eye is seeing clearly, then you are going to be filled with light, with understanding, with a clear understanding of direction. But if your vision is blurred, if, if your vision is blurred, your eye is blurred, then you are not going to be filled with light. You're going to be filled with darkness. You're going to be filled with that lack of clarity. And then he says that last phrase. Notice on the verse. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness... How great is that darkness? The thought here is Jesus getting at this, that your direction is made clear if you're able to focus. If you're not able to focus, your direction is not clear. But there are some people that even though their direction is not clear, they think it's clear. <laughs> That's that last phrase. If, the, if, thine, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, if you've convinced yourself and things that, you know, that things are clear when they're really not clear, how great is that darkness? It's an interesting portion of scripture because there are times in your life and my life that we lose focus and yet we convince ourselves that we're still focused. It's like, if I can say it, and I'm going to, my dad. The moment ago, I said he should wear glasses. And I'm not saying, I am saying this to pick on my dad. He needs it every now and then. You know what? There's been times when we've been driving at night, and my dad says, you know, I should really wear my glasses right now. And we're like, well, where are your glasses? He's like, oh, they're at the house. I'm like, why aren't you wearing your glasses? And he says this phrase, this phrase, I'll be fine. He says, oh, I'll be fine. I'm like, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the car that I'm in that you're driving without glasses at nighttime. Because the truth is that my dad, he really, and, and I, I am not trying to pick on him tonight today, but he really does need glasses when he's driving at dark. I mean, because he can't see very clearly. But there are times when my dad visually convinces himself, I don't need my glasses, I can see clearly. Here's what the verse is saying is that you and I, we can do that spiritually. 
that we lose focus, but we convince ourselves that we are focused. And we have a path that we're walking down that we think this is the path God wants. And God the whole time is saying, hey, refocus. Hey, you need to zone back in. Hey, put on your spiritual, your spiritual glasses and understand the direction you're going is not correct. And yet we convince ourselves that the direction we're going is correct. Jesus said, how great is that darkness? That unclear direction in your life is controlling your life. You've lost focus. And because of that, we read all of the verses around this passage. Around these two verses, we find Jesus helping us focus in. So what, do, what should I, as a follower of God, as a child of God, what should I be focused upon? I want us to understand today that many Christians have lost focus, but this morning we're going to maybe regain some focus. So what should I focus in upon? Notice, first of all, today, Jesus says you should focus upon how you spend your life. Focus upon how you spend your life. The follower of Jesus Christ should focus upon where they are investing their life. Notice verse number 19. Jesus said this, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Through these verses, we are challenged to not lay up for ourselves treasures upon earth. Don't invest your life and your resources into the temporal. No, invest your life into the eternal. The Lord speaks about treasure or things that we put value in. When someone reads this and we read, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, our mind immediately goes to finances. And while that is part of the application here, I believe that Jesus is speaking much more about, uh, much more about much more than he is just finances. Because there are things in your life and my life that we can spend our life on and it doesn't matter in the light of eternity. You see, the Lord speaks about treasure, about these things that we put high value on. That can be anything in our life. And let me say this morning that if you and I put anything, if we value anything above Jesus Christ, we have lost focus. Even good things. We can value good things more than we value Jesus Christ, and those good things become an idol that have distracted us. And yet we convince ourselves that that good thing is within focus. Well, no, I'm, I'm still focused on the Lord. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 listen. If you focus on anything other than me, you're lying to yourself. Darkness is coming in. Oh, it doesn't mean we've lost our relationship with God. It doesn't mean God's like, kick you out of the family. No, that's not the case. No, God just says, hey, some of you need to put your spiritual glasses back on and realize that there are times you can invest in things that in this side of eternity, they should be of importance, but they shouldn't be the most important. We need to be clear, focused in on how we spend our life. You see, a lot of people, we can put our family, and family should be a priority in our life, but we can put our family above God. A lot of us, we can put our work, and we should work, but we can put our work above God. Hobbies, finances, education, 
fun, whatever it is, we can literally wake up every day investing in that, spending time in that. And even though it's a good thing, it is not supposed to be the priority in our life. And this is what Jesus is getting at. Hey, don't put all your value in things on this earth. Lay not up for yourselves treasures, things of value in this earth. Because moth and rust, it corrupts it. You know what he's saying? It's just going to pass away. But instead, verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Hey, put your value, put investing into good things. Make sure that it's heavenly minded. And then he says that phrase, because for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hey, where you place value, your heart is going to follow. And right now, many of us could think of people who have placed value on things that are good things, but they've put more value on that than they have seeking the Lord. And all of us can think of people. But can I help us this morning? Don't think of other people. Let's think about us. Because how often in your life and my life do we put things that are good, we put more value in those than we do in our relationship with the Lord, than we do in investing our life for the Lord. I like how one man said it this way. He said, the heart follows the treasure. As the sunflower follows the sun. Where the treasure is, there the value and esteem are. There the love and affections are. The way the desires and pursuits go. And all is done with that in view. You see, it's this simple that so often in your life and my life, we can lose focus upon what matters. So often in your life and my life, we put value upon things that even though they may be good, Jesus says they should not be the priority. So what's the truth we need to learn today? Hey, we can lose focus. So God, what should I focus in upon? Jesus says you need to focus in upon how you are spending your life. Focus upon the things that you're placing value in. And if you're valuing good things above the best thing, then maybe we need to put our spiritual spectacles back on, our spiritual glasses, and realign some things to say, God, I'm sorry I've put my family above you. God, I'm sorry I've put my work above you. God, I'm sorry I've put my, and you fill it in. We need to be careful. We need to be aware, be focused in upon how we spend our life. Notice, secondly, Jesus says you need to be focused in upon who you serve with your life. Be focused upon who you serve with your life. Notice verse 24, Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Carlos, come help me real quick, would you? Mike, come help me real quick, would you? I just want you to stand right there. Mike, I want you to hold his hand. I'm going to hold that. You can hold his wrist. I'm going to hold this side. You're on that side. Come on, Mike. I want to help us with something this morning. You can serve one, not two. I'm going to have Carlos. Carlos, I want you to walk with me, but I also want you to walk with Mike. 
All right, Mike, we're going to walk down the front row. We're just going to walk down the aisle right here, okay? You ready? I want you to walk with both of us. Can he do it right now? Why can he do it? Okay, come back. He can do it because the two are agreed. But if you look at the passage, it says you can't serve God and mammon. The word mammon is treasures or things of value. They're never going to be agreed unless we first put God, unless we put God first. So here's the thought. I want you to go with me and go with Mike. Mike, I want you to go that way. Carlos, go with both of us. Carlos, come on, go with both of us. Listen, it's a silly illustration this morning, but the fact is that every believer, sometimes, sometimes we think that we can serve God and mammon. Sometimes we think that we can have two masters. Here's what Jesus is saying. You can't. You've got to choose which one to cling to. You've got to choose, am I going to follow God or am I going to follow mammon? Thanks, you guys can be seated. You did a good job, Carlos. Some of you guys don't know Carlos. Carlos is our children's pastor. He's downstairs eight weeks out of the, out of the uh, or eight weeks in a row and then up here for two weeks. So I appreciate Carlos. But notice the verse. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or he will hold to the one, despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. The word mammon here, as I said, it means treasure or riches. You're going to serve things that are either for personal gain or you're going to serve things that are for God's gain because you cannot serve them both. However, there's a lot of Christians that play the game that instead of spending their life or serving God, they serve God one day and they serve themselves. They serve for treasure. They serve for riches more than God. And here's the fact of the matter, that you and I, we choose every day if I am going to spend my life serving God or if I'm going to spend my life serving anything else. And here's what Jesus is getting at in this passage. He's saying you cannot live your life for two bosses. It's a great verse against polygamy. Husbands, you can't have two masters. Just thought I'd throw that one out there. You know, as you look at this verse, Jesus is really helping us understand that I cannot have two gods in my life. I can't put a priority in my life upon serving the flesh or upon serving my family or upon serve, where again, that gets the priority. Do you see how all of these things really go together? Jesus saying, hey, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Make sure that you're spending your life on eternal things. And then you can't serve things of this world and things of God. It just can't take place. It can't happen in your life. You cannot serve two masters. I mean, some, they serve their own lust and they give in to desires. Some, they serve laziness and invest their life into nothing. Some, they're serving sports or serving hobbies. Some, it's, a, it's money or some, they serve for the praise of others. And Jesus is trying to help us understand this morning that you can't have two gods. It's only one. Paul wrote it this way to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9. He said this, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 
You see, when you and I got saved, we got saved to serve God with this life. That means this week when I go to work, even though I'm at work with my boss, I'm serving God. This week, as I invest in my family and I try to be a servant in the home, I'm not serving my family, I'm serving God by investing and serving in my family. And this week, as I uh, make that paycheck or as I uh, go throughout different aspects of my life, that the things I do in life, I do it as unto the Lord. I do it completely focused in upon God. I do this completely for you. Why? Because there aren't two gods in my life. I'm not serving myself and serving God. No, I'm serving God and God alone. There's the old poem. It says there's two decisions on the shelf, serving God or serving self. And how true that is. Every day I choose if there's two gods in my life or one. So what should we focus on? We should focus on how we spend our life, focus on who we serve in life, and then lastly today, we should focus on what we seek in life. Focus on what you seek in your life. If you were to go to verse uh, 25, down through verse number 34, we won't read all of these, but it's a, a great portion of scripture where Jesus is saying to his disciples, hey, uh, look at verse number 25 real quick. He says, therefore, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for the morrow. Here's what Jesus gets at with these verses that we're going to see. The word therefore ties in the previous statement. Since you can't serve two masters, since you can't have two gods, since you can't invest in earth and in heaven, since you can't uh, do these things, because of that, skip down to verse number 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because of that, don't take thought for the morrow. Because of that, don't get caught up with where my uh, Jesus, of course, speaking to his disciples, don't get caught up with uh, how am I going to provide for myself? How am I going to make ends meet? How, Jesus says, don't get caught up with that stuff. Now, <clears throat> is it important for us to be wise with our finances? Yes. It is, important. is it important for us to maybe invest a little bit and save a little bit? Yes. Is it important for us to be concerned about where our, our clothing is going to come from and food and maybe have a mindset? Yes. In these verses, Jesus is not saying, hey, just wake up tomorrow and serve me and it'll all, you know, don't, don't ever think about it. No, he's talking about focus. Hey, don't focus in upon that. Don't let your drive be, I've got to make more. I've got to get more. I've got to, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've let your drive be, God, I'm going to put you first and let you direct my steps and direct my decisions. He tells them in these verses a number of thoughts. He says, uh, through it, don't be anxious or worry about the cares of this life. He tells them, hey, uh, don't allow the, the cares of provision to hold your attention. Don't put, um, don't, basically, don't pull your hair out over everything that's going on in, in the culture. He says, God feeds the birds. He's going to take care of you. You can look at the, at the uh, lilies of the field. They toil not, man, and yet, and yet they're clothed. God takes care of them. And then he makes a great comparison. He says, man, look at the fields. Don't you think it's beautiful? 
And you and I, we can go to some very beautiful places in the world, can't we? Man, there's some great places. I love, I love Moses Lake. I love our sunsets in Moses Lake. I really think we have some of the most beautiful sunsets in, in all the places that I've ever been. And, and you can go to maybe California or you can go to Hawaii or you can go. We were just back east last week in the fall back east, all the trees. I mean, they're, they're colors that I couldn't even imagine. You know, it's just beautiful there. We could look at that and say, man, nature is so beautiful. And here's what Jesus said. You think it's beautiful? Even Solomon in all his glory was not as beautiful as creation. My creation is amazing. But then he says this, but you're even more amazing because you are my creation. And if I'll take care of the fields, if I'll feed the birds, then why are you so worried about this life? Why are you so caught up with the details of life? Instead, Jesus says, I want to give you a principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things that everybody worries about, I'll provide for you. I'll take care of you. Again, he's not saying don't ever put thought to it. He's he's saying, hey, don't let it consume your thinking. You know what we are so often prone to do? We are so often prone to losing focus on what really matters. And we begin to stress. We begin to worry. We allow anxiety to overtake us. And man, pretty soon we've lost focus. I just want us to know this morning that God, he knows what we have need of. So don't travel through life worried about life. No, instead, seek his kingdom. What what does it mean to seek seek first the kingdom of God? It means I'm focused upon eternity, not upon today. It means in my conversation. It means how I speak to people. I'm thinking, what could I invest in them that's going to matter in eternity? It means when I go to work tomorrow or this week, I'm not thinking I just want to make another paycheck. I'm thinking this week as I go to work, what can I do that's going to make an impact for eternity? Who can I speak to that's going to maybe draw somebody closer to Christ and help somebody get saved? How can I invest in my family? It means that everything in my life is driven by a focus upon eternity. Paul wrote it this way to the church at Colossae. He said, if ye then be risen with Christ, hey, if you're saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Hey, make a priority in your life to be focused on the eternal. If you've accepted Christ as your savior, I just want to tell you today that you're you're an adopted child of God. Man, Romans 8, 15, Romans 8 is probably one of my most favorite chapters in all the Bible. I love the incredible doctrine it covers, but I love the truths that are there. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 15, it says that when you're saved, you're given the spirit of adoption. You're adopted as a child of God, whereby we can cry, Abba, Father, my dear Father. What an, what an amazing thought this morning that the God who created everything says, you can call me your dear father because you're my dear child. Let me ask you a question, and Jesus asked it this way in the book of Luke. 
if God, if we as man can give good gifts in our sinful state, how much greater is it that God will give to us? Paul wrote in the book of Philippians, hey, God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He's gonna supply everything in life. So where's the, what's the responsibility then on me? Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. Don't begin to look at the temporal. Man, keep your eyes on the eternal. Focus your life on seeking his kingdom and his glory. At the beginning of the service, I addressed the election issues going on. You know, this year, 2020, let's be honest, this year has, this year has battled, it has battled a lot of us. We've had, we've had a lot of battles this year. You know, you have, you have the, the COVID and the coronavirus, you have all the fears, you have a lot of the, the media driving, uh, some of the, driving some of the boat in the direction of things. And then on top of that, it's an election year. And those years are always, it, it's always been crazy. All, it's always been crazy. You know, as a Christian, we can be tempted to do in a year like this, we can be tempted to say, oh no, what's gonna happen? Oh no, the coronavirus, oh man, the elections, oh we can, and we can begin to lose focus. We've been, this, this series has been planned out for a while and I love that today's message fell on today. It's almost like God knows. And God knows this, that even in a year of chaos like 2020 has been, God knows this, he's still in control. I don't need to lose focus. I don't need to get caught up and worried. I don't need to get caught up and frustrated. I don't need to look and, and live my life in fear and concern. No, you know what I can do? I can wake up tomorrow and say, God, you're in control. Help me to follow you today. Help me to speak for you today. Help me to live for you today. What am I doing? I'm just simply saying, God, I just want to focus in. God, I want to focus in. Can I encourage you this morning? Whatever chaos is coming in your life, live for the eternal, not the temporal. Live for eternity. Wake up tomorrow with eternity in mind. Wake up Tuesday with eternity in mind. It's very easy for us to lose focus because we have so many things demanding for our attention. We can get distracted. But I want to remind you this morning of one simple truth, that one day it's all going to be over. James chapter 4 and verse number 14, it says this, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Oh, listen, you're 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 or possibly you're 100 years on this earth. You know what it is in the landscape of eternity? It's a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And yet here's the simple truth that I preached last week in New Jersey to a bunch of teenagers. We choose what to do with that vapor. And in that vapor, I can get caught up and worried and frustrated and anxious and I can lose focus and I can work to gain, gain, gain or, or save, save, save and I can do all these things. I can plan out my life and make sure everything's going according to my plan. 
But at the end of the day, none of it goes with me. Only what I've invested into eternity in the kingdom of God, that's what matters. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning with the one truth. Live for the eternal, not the temporal. Invest into eternity, not just today. Ask God for his direction in your life. Man, look for opportunities to pour Christ into your family and your coworkers. Be awake and alert for times about speaking about Jesus and lifting him up. Don't get stressed when things don't go the way you planned. Just seek his kingdom and allow him to show you the steps to take. But this morning I close with this thought that maybe you're here and you don't want to think about eternity because you're not sure where you'll spend eternity. I want to ask you this question today. Do you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Has there been a time in your life where you put your faith and your trust solely in him? Well, pastor, I'm a good person. Being a good person doesn't give us a relationship with God. Baptism doesn't give me a relationship with God. Church attendance doesn't give me a relationship with God. My political position definitely doesn't give me a relationship with God. No, the only thing that gives you and I a relationship with God is if we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ alone. And today you might be here and you might not know that heaven is where you would spend eternity. I wanna tell you this morning, every single one of us are going to die. And every single one of us will go one of two places. We will go to heaven or we will go to hell. We won't go to heaven because of anything that we do. We will only go to heaven if we've asked Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin, to come into our life and to save us. If we put our faith and our trust completely in him. It is not church plus Jesus that gets us to heaven. It's not religion plus Jesus. It's not a, a priest, a bishop, or a pastor plus Jesus. It is Jesus alone. And you might be here or watching online wondering, how can I have Jesus in my life? The word of God says it this way in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You say, what does that mean? It's summarized a few verses later in verse number 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what it means? It means that you and I, we can have a relationship with God if there's a time in my life when I've asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin and be my savior. A time when I put my faith in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I wanna tell you this morning, if you're here and you've never put your faith and your trust in him, today could be the day. You say, what do I need to do? Do I, have to, do I have to do something special? No. No, you just simply bow your head and your heart and admit that you're a sinner. God, I've sinned before you. I deserve hell, but I'm asking you to come into my life and save me. If you're here this morning and you do know Christ as your savior, you have trusted him. Maybe it was in a church service or maybe with a friend or a family member, but there's been a time in your life when you know you said, God, I believe and put your faith in him. If that's you and you know that, today would you say, God, help me to focus in. God, help me not to lose sight. Help me not to worry about all the temporal. Don't, don't let the cares of this world eat up my life. Instead, 
Help me to focus on the eternal. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.